are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario, and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good? It's your girl, Janan, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game and where they are now. So what is happening, everybody? What is good? Okay, finally... The weekend is behind us. Shout out to all my Canadian fans out there. If you're listening, you're, you had everything in this past weekend. It was the Canadian Thanksgiving weekend this past weekend. And not only that, but also in terms of combat sports, we were really lucky because we had the biggest MMA fight, not just of this year, but of all time, happening over this past weekend on Saturday night. And if you're a diehard MMA fan, and I feel like if you even if you weren't a diehard MMA fan, and even if you were a casual fan or just uh, you know uh, familiar with combat sports uh, just a little bit, you will probably know what I'm going to talk about. Of course, I'm talking about the great fight, the historic and iconic fight between Khabib Nurmagomedov and the notorious Conor McGregor. Okay, so last week, we broke down that fight on the show. We gave predictions and some sort of things that each fighter needs to watch out for when they're fighting on fight nights. We talked about a lot of things that could happen or could, could potentially not even happen. We talked about a lot of things. And ultimately, in the end, we actually told you guys, you know, even though the stats are out there, even though the facts are out there, you know, that's just all out there for prediction and the MMA math you guys already know it doesn't always work out. So it ultimately all came down to what would actually happen on fight nights. And I'm not going to lie to you guys when the fight was actually this close to, to happening. So when the co-main event of UFC 229, which we'll actually talk about actually today on the show and uh, thoroughly break it down. Uh, it was actually a great fight between Tony Ferguson and Anthony Pettis. We're going to be talking about that uh, separately. But I'm just talking about the main event of the evening, which was the fight between Khabib Nurmagomedov and Conor McGregor. When that was about to happen, and when the co-main was it was finished, and we were all waiting for the main event to actually happen, my heart was beating so fast. I can't remember the last time that I was feeling that excited for for a fight overall, a, a boxing fight or an MMA fight. I, it just got me so hyped up for some reason. And I'm not sure if I told you guys before, but personally, I was rooting for Khabib to, to win that fight on fight night against uh, Conor McGregor. But, you know, th there were a lot of people around me that kept on telling me, man, Janan, okay, Conor, you don't know Conor McGregor. Like, he's always going to pull something out of his uh, pocket. And, you know, he's always going to surprise everybody out there with um, the, the unorthodoxy that he delivers usually in uh, during his fights. And... You know, like, even with this fight uh, with Floyd Mayweather, like, everybody thought that he was going to win that fight. And even he, he still did pretty well because the fight actually lasted until the 10th round, blah, blah, blah. They were just, okay, long story short, a lot of people around me were trying to convince me as a Khabib fan that Conor McGregor was actually going to win that fight. However, for some reason, I don't know, my gut, my intuition was just telling me, okay, I feel like it's not going to be as easy as other people say it is going to be. I just 
don't feel like it's going to be an easy knockout like the way that Conor McGregor fought the former featherweight champion Jose Aldo when he fought in 2015 you know like there was a lot of build up to that fight for almost a year okay a full year the UFC was hyping up that fight and then when that fight actually happened between uh, Conor McGregor and Jose Aldo the the former champ uh, champion at the time when that fight actually happened the fight didn't even take a full 20 seconds it was actually ended in 13 seconds because it was just finished by a knockout by Conor McGregor Okay, so uh, everybody was just saying that Conor McGregor this time around, he was also going to knock out Khabib Nurmagomedov. But something deep down in my gut just told me, man, it's not going to be as simple as that. So because of that, because of that uncertainty and because of that weird feeling that I had at the bottom of my heart and my gut, I, I was just super excited and I know everybody else was super excited as well. And I know the whole world was watching because of the way that the UFC had uh, prior promoted this fight. You know, the way they promoted this fight, we already talked about it on the show. They used a, a, a felony, a criminal charge that was committed by Conor McGregor and his team to actually promote this fight. So, uh, you know, the infamous bus incident that happened with Conor McGregor's team and Khabib Nurmagomedov's team. So, allegedly, Khabib Nurmagomedov, they cor- Khabib Nurmagomedov and his team, they cornered a member of Conor McGregor's um, team. So, Artem Lobov, he's part of the McGregor team. Like, he sports with him sometimes and he's also a UFC fighter. So allegedly, Khabib's team cornered Artem Lobov and um, the footage of it actually came out and Conor McGregor saw it and Conor McGregor took a plane all the way from Ireland and he took a plane with all of his buddies and his crew. They came to New York where um, uh, Khabib was actually supposed to be fighting Al Quanta. I think it was that fight. They all came and... Not only Khabib was in a bus to to go to a press conference and do uh, media media responsibilities responsibilities and things like that. Not not only was Khabib present in the bus, but there were so many other UFC fighters also present in the bus. There were men and women in that bus, and then we all know that footage uh, of uh, Conor McGregor's that he threw a, a cart, a trolley towards the bus, and um, the window of the bus was actually shattered. Blah blah blah, and you know. The UFC actually used that footage to promote this fight. And, um, you know, this is actually a bit weird because I can't remember the last time that the UFC used something as as violent as that. You know, something violent in real life to actually promote a fight for their organization. It was usually, um, uh, they would usually hire a film crew and they would get uh, all the fighters and all the parties involved in a certain location. You know, there would be, you know, rainfall and, you know, all the fighters would look all sweaty and stuff. You know, know, they would actually do it like, like a movie, okay? Like a mini movie. But this time around, the footage that they use for their promo for UFC 229 it was all real stuff and it was all real life violence. And that's why, it, you know, it was just a bit off in my opinion, because when was the last time that an organization had used real life violence stuff for a prom- for the promotion of a fight? And that was just a bit off in my opinion. So that aside, so, okay, there's so many things that actually happen on fight nights. I mean, 
first and first and foremost, I feel like we should not forget how great, in terms of athleticism and um, uh, technicality, how great the fights were overall in the in the main card of UFC 229. So today, <laughs> you probably guessed it right. So we are going to be breaking down, and, you know, briefly reminiscing about some of the fights, some of the main fights that happened on the on the main card of UFC 229, featuring the fight between Khabib Nurmagomedov and um, Conor McGregor. And also, I really, really want to talk about the fight between uh, Tony Ferguson and Anthony Pettis, which was the co-main event of the evening for UFC 229. So we're definitely going to be talking about those fights in particular but if we have enough time you guys know me i talk a lot about certain issues and especially if that issue actually interests me and i'm really passionate about talking about that certain issue i really tend to talk a lot about it but okay i really hope that we have enough time because this upcoming weekend as well so this past weekend we had a great ufc fight card but this upcoming weekend we have a phenomenal Bellator fight card so not only do we have a fight card on Saturday so this upcoming Saturday not only do we have that but we also have a we okay so we have two pay-per-view cards back to back on Friday night and Saturday night so the dates are exactly uh, October 12th and October 13th so on on the Friday so on the 12th so it's going to be UFC 207 which is going to be headlined by a um, heavyweight fight between Matt Mitrione and Ryan Bader and on Saturday night on the 13th we are going to be having another uh, I think that's going to be a semi-final fight uh, of uh, Bellator's heavyweight Grand Prix this match is going to be between Chelsea Sonnen and um, Fedor Emelianenko, the last emperor, Fedor Emelianenko. So we have a weekend filled with, once again, violence. But this time around, we're going to be having heavyweight titans from Bellator going at it. Okay, so it's going to be really, really exciting. And just like I said, if we have enough time, I'm going to be breaking down those fights for you guys as well. But in case we don't have time to talk about them, make sure that you catch up with those fights. Really, really, please do catch up with those fights because they're going to be really exciting. We all know Fedor. Fedor is a legend of, of mixed martial arts. And I feel like as long as mixed martial arts lives in, in history books, then we're always going to be talking about Fedor Emelianenko and Chel Sonnen as well. Before, let me tell you this, before there was Conor McGregor to talk trash to everybody out there in the world, ladies and gentlemen, there was Chel Sonnen. Chel Sonnen is the real OG when it comes to trash talking in MMA. So as you can imagine, there's a lot of, um, I feel like healthy and good promotion that is um, actually going to go into this fight for the Chel Sonnen and Fedor Emelianenko fight. So it's going to be really exciting and I'm really interested to see what's actually going to happen on fight nights between Fedor and Chel Sonnen. And also on Friday night, just like I said, we're going to have uh, Ryan Bader, uh, who actually used to be a top contender in the UFC in the light heavyweight division. He he actually became, uh, so he made the transition from the UFC to Bellator. He became the, uh, the light heavyweight champion, I believe, at Bellator. And now he has actually been chosen to fight in the 
um, heavyweight uh, tournament so the heavyweight grand prix in bellator and he actually everybody's actually rooting for ryan bader to actually win this whole grand prix and win this whole tournament and so whoever wins this tournament is um, going to be crowned as the bellator's uh, heavyweight champion so the newly crowned heavyweight champion of the world and a lot of people are actually betting on ryan bader to to win this whole tournament and I feel like it's a very interesting thought, but you know, it all it will all come down to how he would actually perform on fight night against Matt Mitrione because Matt Mitrione, he as well, he also used to fight for for UFC, and now he's in Bellator. And the past fight that he had in this um, heavyweight Grand Prix was actually against Fedor Emelianenko. And guess what? He actually won that fight against uh, Fedor Emelianenko because he was able to. He threw a punch and he was able to knock out. Fedor, the legendary Fedor, he knocked him out. So you can imagine how uh, deadly of a striker Mametrion is. And Ryan Bader, he's a phenomenal wrestler. So it's, uh, once again, this is going to be really interesting. And I would definitely recommend all of you guys listening to this right now to uh, catch up with Bellator 207 and 208 on Friday night and Saturday night. All right. So I hope you guys like it. Anyhow, so now that we talked about that, I feel like <laughs> we can easily, with an ease of mind, <laughs> we can finally talk about UFC 209. Oh, 209. What am I talking about? UFC 229, okay? We're going to talk about UFC 229, which happened on Saturday night. It was phenomenal, and I'm so excited to get started on it. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Ooh, okay. So here we go. All right, guys, so this is really interesting because, um, you know, as we approached fight night, obviously we have the weigh-in days one day prior to the actual fight night. And the weigh-in for this one as well, everybody was looking forward to it because we've all seen how Conor McGregor acts (laughs) whenever he wants to, um, you know, have things build up uh, prior to the fight and he wants to really get his... um, opponent riled up and he wants to get into his opponent's head and he tends to do a lot of weird stuff on on the on the weigh-in day anyhow so on the actual ceremonial so the official weigh-in ceremony okay so when that actually happened so we had uh, conor mcgregor walking into the into the stage and drake uh, the sixth god was actually with Conor McGregor. I was personally really shocked because I wasn't really expecting Drake to root for Conor McGregor. But I guess a lot of people not trying to be mean to all the casual MMA fans out there. But I feel like a lot of people that don't know a lot about MMA, they just uh, by de- by default, they would just root for Conor McGregor because he is automatically the guy that has been promoted more often and i feel like the ufc unfortunately they failed to properly promote khabib in this fight and you know just like i said by default uh, if you're a casual ma fan you would just say oh i just feel like conor mcgregor is gonna win this fight therefore i'm gonna root for conor mcgregor but you just say that because that's uh, how uh, the psychology of the promotion has actually worked on you because you've seen Conor McGregor more often in the promo videos and in the posters and, you know, things like that. So by default, I feel like you would just root for Conor McGregor. But if you actually do know a thing or two about techniques and, 
you know, if you've actually been watching MMA fights prior to just this fight, I feel like you would be uh, you would be a bit more fair in your decision as to who you're going to be rooting for. You know, Khabib has a lot of um, utilizes a lot of techniques in his fights, and Conor McGregor too. You know, not to take anything away from him, he's a phenomenal um, knockout artist. So. In that way, I feel like it would be more fair to first uh, compare the two fighters, uh, you know, just measure up um, uh, their qualities and their skill sets and things like that. And then after that, you can actually decide who to root for. But in this case, I feel like Drake didn't really... It didn't even know who Khabib was. Therefore, by default, because a lot of people, uh, uh, the majority of the fans, you know, that were rooting for the Irish King, the the notorious Conor McGregor. The, I feel like that's why Drake was also rooting for McGregor, and he actually walked in onto the stage with McGregor, and he looked really hyped up. So I guess that's a good thing because, yeah, if if the Drake fans actually see Drake. It, it actually be in, in a ceremonial way and for an MMA fight, then I feel like that just um, uh, uh, that would ultimately increase their fan base overall in, in MMA. So I guess shout out to Drake. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, just like I said, it was it was really interesting. And the whole way in was um, really wild, actually. When Khabib also came into uh, to weigh in, and Conor was already on the stage, Conor looked really, really wild as he usually is <laughs> prior to fights. He tried to get into Khabib's head, but Khabib he looked super relaxed. And when they were actually facing off against one another, uh, you know, Khabib was just um, pointing towards um, uh, Conor McGregor. He was just telling him, you know, come and fight, come and fight me, you know. He was just, um, he had that gangster mentality, I guess. And then Connor too, he was really, really wild. And he, um, I think he pushed Dana White's hands because Dana White was trying to separate the two and not try to uh, have the two actually touch, e- touch each other. And there were a lot of security guards on the stage, okay? So that was really wild. But then Conor McGregor still, he threw, um, he pushed Dana White's hand and then he threw a kick which almost touched Khabib, but then Khabib didn't even flinch. He was just trying to, uh, he was just constantly telling Connor, hey, if you want to come and get it. That was pretty much what he was trying to say. Anyhow, so let's talk about the actual fight. So, ooh, okay, so the fighters actually walked in. Yes, and uh, when K- uh, Connor, excuse me, when Connor walked in, he looked, uh, he didn't look as hyped up as he was in, in the weigh-ins and in the days prior to the fights when the cameras were on him. I feel like he was a bit too quiet. And this isn't really how we're used to seeing Conor McGregor, when he, especially when he wants to walk into the octagon. That's not how, we, how we're used to seeing him. It just looked a bit off. And then Khabib obviously walks in. And he looks his um, usual self because he's not the type to really hype himself up. He's always the same old relaxed and he's really cool. And um, he has that confident look, even though he doesn't really get riled up prior to his fight. He's really relaxed. He looks really relaxed. And that's just how he looked prior to uh, walking into the octagon. So that was I feel like that was normal for Khabib. But for Connor, it really wasn't. It just felt a bit off. So the fight starts. 
the first round, Khabib does his usual thing of going for a takedown. And I told you guys before in the previous episode, if Khabib wants to go for a takedown, he goes for a takedown and it is always, almost always successful. He can actually do takedowns and successfully at will. And they almost always work for him. And that's actually, that's exactly what he did. In the very first round, he attempted a takedown and he took down Connor. I feel like that was the smartest thing to do for Khabib. If he wanted to just keep on um, striking with Connor, we didn't really know what was going to happen, and especially in the first fight because they're not really exhausted yet and they got every every um unit of energy in them and they're so um so you know their their batteries are really charged up you can say they're so ready to just beat each other up i feel like by doing that from the very first round and by uh, you know neutralizing conor mcgregor's um style overall style that was the best thing to do because from the very first round he started doing it and for the next three rounds, he was constantly doing it. And by, just by doing that, even though you might say, oh, Khabib is always trying the takedowns. And he's the one that is uh, actually expanding most of the energy. True, that's what I thought as well. I thought if Khabib wanted to go for takedowns constantly for the whole 25 minutes of the of the fight, it's obviously going to get him exhausted. But no, there was just something about Khabib's cardio. And I feel like that's all he had practice on. And that's all he had done in his whole fight camp prior to this fight. I feel like that because that's, you know, that has always worked for him. And all the prior fights that he's had in the past 26 professional MMA fights that he's had, he has tried that and it has always worked for him. And he has never lost just by doing that so obviously it will make sense why he tried to do that because it always works for him right and he did it over and over and over and he would not get tired and the weird thing was even though connor was on the ground and he wasn't really like he wasn't the one that was doing the takedowns you know still you would think that connor would still have a lot of energy because uh, he would he would be on the ground and not doing anything but for some reason he was the one that was being gassed out. And uh, maybe it was because from uh, it, it was because he was trying to get out of those um, guards and he, because he was constantly on the ground and he wants to get back up. He wants to switch positions in a, in a way that he would be in dominant position, things like that. Well, maybe that's why he lost most of his energy in the fights. And even when he did manage to get back up to his feet, his strikes were not at 100% anymore. It would, they would, I, I dare say, they would just be at 30% or something. It wasn't what we saw before from Conor McGregor. So because of that, I would say Khabib Nurmagomedov's fighting strategy in this fight was extremely smart. And I really, really do applaud him for that because it, it's not about how much um, muscle strength you come into the fight with. It's not about... Um, whatever okay it's about how you actually decide to fight on fight night it's, how, it's about how you plan to execute your moves and skills on fight nights okay it all comes down to your fighting IQ and I feel like Connor maybe he was just a bit too uh, relaxed in this fight I feel like he didn't really have a definite game plan maybe if he did have a definite game plan against Khabib he could have potentially turned the fight around in favor of himself. 
But unfortunately, from the very first round, from the very first uh, second of, of the very first round, he was just constantly being neutralized but by uh, whatever Khabib was actually throwing towards him. And not only that, actually, what really surprised everybody was that when Khabib, when the two were actually standing up, so for some reason, I think Connor got, uh, got right back to his feet and um, they were exchanging shots. Khabib threw a very nice right hand over the top and Connor absorbed it by 100% and he was actually knocked down. And it was at that moment that all of us fans out there were like, oh my goodness, I feel like Connor McGregor is going to get knocked out in a fight. But he recovered, you know, here and there. He was just um, lucky in that term. But in the fourth round, um, unfortunately, he just exposed his back to Khabib Nurmagomedov, and because he had taken so much beating from Khabib prior to the to the uh, to that round, to, the, to that moment, he was just so exhausted he couldn't really do anything, and so Khabib got onto his back and choked him out. And here we go, and still Khabib Nurmagomedov remains the champion. Not only is he the champion, but he has defeated. As he would say it himself, the UFC poster boy. And I feel like that is a very important statement statement to make because a lot of people were actually doubting Khabib, especially because of the last performance that he had against uh, Al Iaquenta. A lot of people were actually criticizing his boxing skills and, um, you know, uh, a lot of things about that. But I feel like in this fight, because of the fact that he defeated Conor McGregor, I feel like that's... The most important thing, that's the most important victory of his um, career, I believe. And I feel like on fight nights, the fact that he defeated Conor was more important to him than him um, uh, defending his title, per se. Okay, So I feel like it was more important to him to actually teach a lesson to Conor McGregor. Especially because you guys remember in the press conferences that these two guys had, Conor McGregor came out and said a lot of... um, well, hurtful things to Khabib. He talked about Khabib's religion and uh, Dagestan, his country, even Khabib's father. McGregor was talking about a lot of things that were personal to Khabib. And of course, when you keep on saying those things over and over and over, you're going to flip out. I mean, if that happened to me, I would flip out too. And I would just try to take action um, towards it to to neutralize it as well. You know, how how he neutralized uh, Connor himself in the fight. When something is actually irritating you, I feel like after a while, you would just try to take action to stop it. And I feel like that is exactly what Khabib did. So, <laughs> yes, I'm talking about the, the post-fight brawl that actually took place between Khabib and um, Daly and Dennis, uh, who is um, Connor McGregor's jiu-jitsu coach and his sparring partner, and the fight that actually also took place between Connor and um, a few members of Khabib's um, team. I feel like Khabib was just in the heat of the moment, and I feel like I'm not trying to say that... uh, I'm not trying to say all this stuff to make an excuse for what Khabib did on fight night, but I feel like I actually understand why he did it. I get his mentality, because... Just think about it. If somebody says really bad stuff about your family over and over and over and that just overall says really bad things about the things that you really do hold close to your heart and the things that you do really value, 
of course you're going to flip out and um, you decide to take action against it. And I feel like the fact that Khabib decided to take action to, to stop all this bullying, I feel like it, it just made sense. And again, I'm not trying to come up with an excuse for Khabib's action, but I feel like I, I understand it. Anyhow, yeah, I know I'm going to get a lot of criticism because of uh, the thing that I just said, because a lot of people are saying that, oh, Khabib's actions were so disgusting. Oh, my God. Well, I feel like I, I get his mentality. So, <laughs> yeah, you can say all you want, but he um, he defended his um, uh, uh, he defended everything that he holds close to him because the other person was bullying him and it was um, being offensive towards the things that he clo- he holds close to himself. He was being uh, offensive towards his nation, towards his religion and his family. I, like I said, I get why. I, I get where Khabib was coming from. That's it. And unfortunately, I'm just looking at the clock right now. Oh, fam. I talked a lot about this. Yes, I knew this would actually happen. But anyhow... You already know, man. I'm just so glad that we had time to talk about that. Unfortunately, we didn't have time to talk about the fight between Tony Ferguson and uh, Anthony Pettis. But um, just like I said, it was a very, very good fight. It was a phenomenal fight. And unfortunately, that is all the time we're going to have for this week, fam. You already know. Make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with our previous episodes. What else? You can also go to SoundCloud and iTunes to... Catch up with our previous episode as well. And until next time, it's your girl, Janan, right here. And this is TKO. Peace out.